Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Madman Matt Grace here for episode 12, for round 12 of the AFL. And I'm joined by the uh, good-looking man himself, John Fitzgerald. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. I actually thought you were going to mention yourself there as the good-looking one. But, uh, yeah, we're back. Episode 12, down the line, of course, while we're in COVID restrictions. But the show must go on, Gracie. How's, uh, how's things in your world? Yeah, just the uh, the usual, just go to work, come home, and uh, sit around home. It's about all you can do at the moment. But uh, we just got to, as we said last week, we'll keep uh, biding by the rules, and we'll keep getting uh, the content out to our lovely listeners. So that's it. That's it, man. We are booked in for a round of golf on Saturday, so at least that's that's like one thing that we can do, I suppose. But of course, as you said, the uh, I guess the festival of football is continuing on as it sort of just rolls in day by day. Have you been enjoying it so far? Have you been watching many of the games or just sort of letting it go by? Um, probably just the Geelong one mainly and then um, oh, every now and then depends on Supercoach really. Like I've got a few Supercoach relevant players I'll flick it on for a little bit or if I've got a, you know, a multi that's pretty close I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely uh, keep an eye, eye on it but I more just have the... Uh, the Supercoach scores up while the games are on and just, um, you know, you're watching a bit of Netflix yeah. or playing some video yep. games, that sort of stuff. So Yeah, that's the shot. Yeah. It's been interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if we have another one of these condensed fixtures to finish the season off. But at this point, it is round 12 about to kick off. We are recording this on Wednesday the 12th. And, of course, the, the Suns are taking on Essendon tonight, which actually should be a pretty good game. But we'll kick things off with the, the round opener on Thursday night. It's going to be the, uh, the Sydney showdown. Sydney Swans taking on GWS, Gracie. Is there any hope for the Swans in this one, or do you think the Giants will sort of march on their merry way? Yeah, I think Giants should should win this one. There was reports Toby Green will get up for it, but I think they're going to um, give him another week. So because they've um, they've got a big break for the next game, it's, it's about yep. thirteen days or something. So um, I'd say they'll give him a, an extra week. And um, Phil Davis is in doubt, but I don't know. Sydney have just got all the kids going through at the moment, and. I think um, the odds there sort of show how this one will go. And if Giants sort of, you know, want to push up to that top four, um, they probably need to win this one by, you know, 40 points or something, I reckon. But yeah, that's you? It. It's, um, yeah, I've got to agree with you there. And, of course, the Giants are sitting eighth on the ladder at the moment. But they're one of the teams that's in that sort of, you know, that middle part of the ladder who could really push to make that top four still. And uh, I guess you'd say the top eight is very close to being locked in. But the Giants are a team we know how good they are. We know how good their depth is, which is their biggest strength at the moment. But we're going to take a look at one player from Sydney Grace, the young Wicks, Samuel Wicks, I believe is his name, Sam Wicks. He's a yep. one good super coach trading option this week. Is he on your radar? Yeah, I think he'll come straight in um, for me at this stage. I'm, I was hoping um, Sturt would have come back for Frio um, in this last round, but he didn't. So it quite possibly could be um, trade him out, and then I can move Whitfield back into the forward line. So, yep. Um, yep. But I mean, you know, that'll that'll free a bit more cash, and you know, there's a there's another player. We'll get to him um, a bit later, but um, you know, on the bubble, if you probably need to upgrade him, but um, he's. He's definitely uh, going to come in for me this week, I reckon. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I think so. I've, uh, I did a few extra, well, not extra tries. I did a few moves last week to allow me to bring him in this week. Just uh, going to probably rotate him and a few others through that M8 position for a few weeks while I fill up the rest of the team. And uh, as we keep saying, 
right now it's all just about completing some sort of team. So even I've seen a few people trading Gorn down to Nick Nat, which is a popular trade, but that frees up a few hundred K in the bank. So we're going to have to pull a few random moves out of our butts, I think, just to get a team a team completed on the park. And of course, there's going to be some resting. So keep an eye out for that one. But we'll talk to more Supercoach as we go through, because obviously that's all heating up and we've probably only got three or four weeks left before finals. So yeah, uh, making things very interesting. But uh, we'll go on to the Friday night game, Gracie. I'm actually looking forward to this one. Your Geelong boys are taking on Port Adelaide in uh, what could be a very interesting match. Are we backing the Cavs in or Port going to sort of well, form? Oh, I think we, um, yeah, back to last week's podcast, I was super nervous coming up against the Saints and mm. I didn't expect that big of a win, but um, I think that that sort of showed what you said about the Saints, how they're sort of a, yep. they beat up on the, the, the lower teams and, and um, when they come up against, you know, a, a bit more stronger and maybe a bit more quality opposition, they struggle, so... I don't know, Porter, Porter flying at the moment. They knocked off the Tigers. I honestly thought Richmond would have won that, but um, yeah, yep. it's going to be it's going to be close. Uh, I am feeling I am feeling confident because you know we had Stanley back in for a game, and we're, we've got um, you know a few guys coming back. And the Kai Cockatoo fits is another one that they reckon he's going to play Friday night. Ooh, so there you go. Um, he's another super coach option to bring in as well. He's had about five or six. Um, Good practice hit outs already, and um, apparently yep, yep. he's just gotten better and better, and he's he's 100% ready to go. So, wow. um, that'll be exciting if he plays. So, um, yeah, I'm, I hope we can get the win, but it's going to be a tough one because I don't know where Port's weakness really is at the moment. So, it's a bit that way, isn't it? And then they can bring in young uh, Boyd Woodcock, who kicks a few goals on the weekend. Those pull players out of their butt and they just go out and and perform, but this is a very interesting game for Geelong, and if you have a bit of a look at the ladder, they're currently sitting in third, and if they were to lose this this game, they could easily drop out of the top four, and even drop down quite a bit, probably down to sixth or seventh position, so this is really one they're going to need to, going to need a win. Um, I'm going to have to go against uh, your mate, or your boys and go with Port Adelaide though, I think. I just, like you said before, it's a, a very valid point. What's their weakness right now? They've got, you know, Tom Jonas in, you know, uh, All-Australian form. Charlie Dixon's probably the All-Australian full forward there. Uh, the midfield, like Ollie Wines and these guys are finally starting to click. It's just hard to see where their weakness is. And like we mentioned on an earlier podcast, they can drop the likes of Tom Rockliffe and these guys who have just slotted back in. Rockliffe was a monster last week. So I think we have to back Port in to really flex their muscles and, and secure that top spot. But hopefully the, the Geelong guys can, you know, maybe cause an upset there for you. Yeah, hopefully. I can only hope that... Uh... We'll, uh, we'll move on anyway, Sissy. So on, on the Saturday with um, your boys taking on uh, our, our good old pal Ned's boys, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, I guess you know top of the top of the table and, and North are obviously probably in that rebuilding stage, Fitzy and um, and that. But um, what are your thoughts on all the uh, I guess the recent media attention with uh, North Melbourne and some of the players that they reckon probably won't be there next year? What's a, uh, what's a supporter? Yeah. It's a very valid point, I think, um, that a few of these people are making in the media. And there is a lot of guys that probably, let's be honest, won't be there next year. But it is good to see some of the signs. And I've mentioned this on the podcast from back in the day. Like, Look at the weekend. They finally had Sam Durden in the team. We finally had Mackay in the team. Nick Larkey kicked four goals and looked unreal. So the guys that I've been saying we need to be playing are finally actually playing. So if you start to move on a few of the older guys, look, Cunnington's a huge loss for North Melbourne. I think he's... His omission is very much underrated um, for us anyway. But at least the the rookies who need games are now starting to get them. Um, and of course, look, there's going to be a few guys like Walker might be lucky to go another year, and, and a few guys like that. But then you know Bailey Scott's getting games consistently. Consistently, Jack Marnie's showed something. Cam Zerha could be the next you know 
uh, star small forwards. So the, the signs are there for North, but I think, unfortunately for us, it's going to be a very much a, uh, you know, go to the draft, start that rebuild kind of year. Um, and there are a few good uh, good players or good uh, youngsters that may come in, like young Crocker and, and a few players we may see towards the end of the season. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely the start of a rebuild. But one guy who's been unreal, Trent Dumont, his last month's been massive, even in a super coach sense. So even though it's uh, it's going to be a long, long game on Saturday, I cannot see us beating Brisbane. But at least there's some signs there, and at least they're finally playing from youth, which as a supporter, that part makes me happy. But, yeah, I'm assuming you'll probably be in agreement with that analysis. Yeah, yeah, I think Brisbane will. Um, Brisbane should do what they need to do to keep, um, you know, in that top four. So um, and keep up with, um, you know, Port Adelaide um, at the top of the table. So yeah, um, yeah. the only thing that they that could go wrong for them is they get too complacent, thinking they've got it won before the game started. So you know, we've seen that plenty of times in footy, but um, I think Brisbane should uh, should get that one pretty easy fifty. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, moving on to the next one, which um, it's going to be a good game, Fitzy. I don't know what's happening at Collingwood. Like they, there's some big outs last week, and they only just beat Adelaide. And um, you know, Melbourne's obviously finding some form. Clayton Oliver's just turned a, an absolute corner in the mm. past probably six weeks, and um, you know he's leading that uh, leading that that charge back up the ladder. Like they're they're sitting ninth at the moment with a percentage of 109, which. Mm. When I've seen that, I'm like, I can't believe their percentage is up that high. So, but um, yep. you know, Max Max Vaughan should come back in and Viney for Melbourne. So, um, you know, a couple of big ins, and obviously depending on who Collingwood bring back in. But um, like Tremor was obviously out, and Pendles is still out. So, um, so question for you, Fitzy. Um, yep. Darcy Cameron played quite well the other night. Does that sort of maybe put to bed that Mason Cox could be done at yeah. Collingwood? Or? I think so. If, if it wasn't obvious to them now, I think that has to be the uh, the sign. And I believe he kicked his couple of goals late in the game, but he can sort of he can do a lot more than what Cox can do. Uh, obviously, he can hit in the Rocky, the uh, the link up guy down the wing. He offers so much more to the team than what Cox does, and he's a lot well, he's a lot younger as well. So I think um, I reckon they'll probably bring Cox back before the end of the season, just because they seem to love playing him. But yeah, I'd say that the uh, the Cox experiment might finally be over. But um, just looking at the ladder. This is a, this is obviously all these games are must win games, but for Melbourne, I think if they don't win this one, uh, they're going to be they're going to be looking at, uh, at a bit of a what if style season. They've had a few very close losses, but they're sitting in ninth, as you said, on twenty points. They do have one game in hand, but there's a few teams around them, such as Essendon, who they need to play, and the Bulldogs, who are all starting to hit some form. Of course, GWS is another one, so they're going to have to start winning some games to really show that they match it with the, with the top eight. And this is one that they're going to have to win. And, and of course, we've said it before, their team, their team that their best is really good and their worst is, is pretty ordinary. So I'll back Melbourne in in this one. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, if Gorn does get up because that's obviously where their uh, midfield starts. So we'll yep. see what happens there. But I'll, I'll back Melbourne in to win that one and uh, and sort of push towards that top eight spot that I think they do deserve. They do look like one of the top eight sides in the league. But uh, a couple of actually good games here, Gracie. In the last one on the Saturday night, Fremantle taking on Carlton and Carlton's really dropped off the last couple of weeks, and Fremantle have had a couple of good wins in a row. Do you reckon the Dockers will keep uh, keep on their merry way over at Optus? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we've, we keep saying that they're a different side with Fife in there, and Brayshaw's really um, yep, come yep. of age. Probably when Fife was out, he sort of stood up, and then I think they've realised that you know we need to play this guy in the guts for more of the game, and um, you know he's just shown a lot. And Sean Darcy, he's been apart from that probably that one game against Geelong in the wet. Um, 
you know, he's he's been a very good ruckman. You know, Lobs played well. You know, they've, mm. and they've they've won the last game without Michael Walters as well. So yeah, um, yep. you know, it's a, it's a big one. The only missing key defenders are still missing Jesse Hogan. Um, you know, even though they're sitting fourteenth, you know, they're only what two wins out from from eighth spot. So mm. um, you know, there's no reason why they can't win this one, and they'll be within a within a game of uh, of uh, you know of being in that top eight. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about Freo and all Freo fans should be, I reckon. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's all the youngsters, isn't it? Like even Brennan Cox has taken another taken to another level. League Matt Tavern has kicked a kicked a goal in every game this year and they're still missing Joel Hamling, Alex Pierce, like the list goes on in terms of who is not in that team, but you know, Luke Ryan's another one, he stepped up, he's had a massive month of football playing on some tall forwards. And, uh, and, you know, holding his own. But you're, you're very right there. Fremantle can string a couple of wins together and get a few of those players back to sort of finish off the end of the season. They're a very red-hot chance to take on that top eight, depending on, of course, who falls out, because it's looking very solid at the moment. But uh, I think they'll they'll carry on their form against uh, against Carlton. But I'll tell you what, Brayshaw is the most frustrating one. I think we both traded him out in, in Supercoach. But, I mean, you're not to know. His first month of football was absolute trash. And, um, of course, his big problem was his, his time on ground, which has obviously been uh, a lot bigger, a lot higher over the last month or so. And it definitely shows. He's, he's entering that elite category at, what, 21 years of age. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those what-ifs of Supercoach Grace that we have every year, isn't it? Oh, yeah, very very much so. So, but, um, I think, yeah, hopefully... I mean, both these teams have got young young uh, lists, so yeah, we've got um, probably a lot to look forward to from these two clubs over the next few seasons, I reckon, 50. So, um, but we'll keep on uh, moving. We got so uh, on Sunday, we got the Doggies against the Crows, 50. For me, the Doggies have been just too up and down, inconsistent. Um, mm. You know, they, they won a premiership only a few years ago, and it's just like the. I don't know. I thought it might have been the Hawthorne of you know when they won in 08 and then did win that one for a few more years. Um, yep. But you just, I don't know, see where they're going to get back to that at this stage. They have those good games. You're like, yeah, the Bulldogs are back, but then they drop a game, and this could be that game that they drop against the Crows, who yeah. are clearly, you know, just getting as many games into these kids, and, you know, they've got some very exciting kids. But um, the Bulldogs, for me, are, you know, they're, they're missing some big opportunities here to, to really, you know, um, make the most of. of some of these good players have got. So, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are. It's because um, obviously we've spoken about the Bulldogs being a real belief team rather than relying on systems and personnel. It's obviously about belief. That's how they won that premiership. But they've obviously lost three in a row uh, against Richmond, Port, and, uh, and Brisbane. So, given three hard teams they've had to come up against. But it's just, it's very hard to see. Yeah, you're right, where that improvement's going to come from. Like, they're not overly ravaged by injury. Uh, they haven't really had that many that you know that many kids playing. You know, Dunkley's back in there, they've got that midfield brigade back together. So you're very true or you're very right when you say that this could be finally the game that Adelaide has a win. And I reckon I might back them in to finally get up and they're definitely showing some good stuff with those youngsters coming through like Scholl's been playing really well and uh, Schoenberg that we all traded in last week. He's showing something in the midfield and they, they do have a lot of exciting uh, exciting prospects there. It's just obviously a bit of a culture thing when it comes to Adelaide but it's going to be interesting and how about that 40 game 40 possession game last week by McRae. The bloody channeling, channeling is in a Dane Swan, I reckon. It didn't really have a lot of effect on the game. What do you reckon? Oh, that was, that was insane. Like, I um, <laughs> was looking at it, I'm like, oh, God, I didn't make him VC. And I went I went Neil instead, which, I mean, most people probably would have. But, mm. um, you know, Neil Neil ended up uh, scoring pretty much, or not much less than him. So, um, but, I mean, he's been, on a, he's been on a tear the last four weeks. I think he's had all four of his scores have been over 160. So, 
If you haven't got McRae um, now, um, you're probably not going to get him because it's like Max Gorn. He's just he's that expensive now that mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's it, you're not going to get him in unless you you do like a triple downgrade and then and then get him in. So. Yeah, and uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of balloon scores this year, isn't it? It seems to be a lot higher. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how that affects the prices for next year with a lot of guys consistently scoring over 150. But um, we'll keep moving through the last few games here, Gracie. St Kilda taking on Essendon. And you did bring it up earlier about St Kilda. And I do admit that I've said this a lot of the times in the past to poor old Jono. I think he's sick of it. But St Kilda is a purple patch team. We've known that for years. Nothing's really changed. I think their purple patch is over. I think they're going to miss yep. out on finals. That's my big call. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Just after what they put up on the uh, on the weekend there it's, uh, against Geelong, like oh, I didn't expect that at all. And you know, you saw Dan Butler got held to I think four disposals or something like that. I think it was. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, um, like it's it's just insane that you know he's gone from Richmond and he's been in you know awesome form and then he gets tagged and I think it's just they don't have those big game, you know, big players that can uh, step up and, and win them a game. Look, they are missing Hanabry and um, Seb Ross, and I see today that Jade Gresham's got a stress fracture in his back, so there's another one that, uh, that they're going to lose out on as well. So I think um, injuries might finally take a toll, but, I mean, they're still quite young. You know, they've got some good youngsters in there with yep, King yep. up forward, and, um, you know, Ben Long off half-back being fairly impressive as well, so... Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I think they might just miss out on finals, but I mean, it's an improvement. And I think, um, you know, Ratton's got a lot, uh, a lot of good mm. things going there at the Saints. They're just probably not their time just yet for me. So yeah. I think, I think the Bombers, you know, the Bombers really need to capitalise on this game and, and have a win because they do have that extra game that's going to come in, in handy, um, for them that they'll, uh, come the end of the year that if they drop one, a game like this, it could come back to bite them. So. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I can't add much more of that. I think that's pretty much a spot-on uh, interpretation. And yeah, look, St Kilda is close. Like you know, Jack Steele's taken a huge step up this year, but they're still very young, and it's just you know almost the same team they've had you know, earlier in the season that was just dominating is now just you know losing by sixty odd points in a shortened game is, is pretty ordinary when you know you're trying to fight for a top four spot. But uh, we'll move through the last couple of games here, Gracie. The uh, what do we got here? Sunday night game, and again, I've really been enjoying these Sunday night games. West Coast are taking on Hawthorne, who Hawthorne have become another one of those teams that's very hard to predict. They've had a pretty ordinary month of football, and West Coast have just flown up the ladder. It's very hard to see Hawthorne stealing this one. Yeah, I think um, I think I think the same fifty like the Hawks. Uh, so watching that game the other day, they did all right against Freo, but like it's yeah, I, I don't know fifty Freo's in that. I mean, not Freo Hawthorne's in that uh, that rough stage of. You, you, I think they might need to start, you know, getting rid of some of the older blokes and, and getting, you know, more high draft picks. They haven't had a, a real high draft pick for years because they've been so mm. successful. But, you know, West Coast are just rolling along. And, you know, again, they've had a, obviously had the bye um, last week. So, um, like, yeah, just uh, I think they'll, they'll be the team to beat and, and come finals because they, they've got a fairly uh, injury-free list too, I think, from uh, when I last checked. So... Um, but yeah, I think West Coast should win this one quite comfortably. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. And a lot of people have been talking about the sort of West Coast midfield big four and trading them into Supercoach. Of course, you got Yo, Kelly, Shuey, and Gaff. Have you got any of those guys on your radar at the moment? As they've already had their buy. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Like with uh, Kelly, would be one you know you'd look at, but it's 
I don't know. I think they just steal too many points off each other. It's kind of like the days when you had, you know, um, Selwood and uh, James Kelly, Bartel and Corey and all those guys in the Geelong, you know, Ablett in the Geelong midfield. It's kind of similar to that. That uh, you know, it's hard to pick one guy that's going to be consistent. But um, like Yo's yep. had some big games, but I think you might have mentioned it before, Yo's. Goes the guy that could go 170, and then next week he'll have a 50. Like it's, yep. it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting, but um, I don't think I'll pick any of them. So um, at this stage, what about yourself? Yeah, I think I'm in a grant there, and I know a lot of people were jumping on Luke Shuey last week, and I had a little bit of a look at him, and he came out only scored 70 on him. I think he might have been reported for tripping. I know obviously not going to get suspended for it, but um, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. And some midfields can work, and some don't in terms of a super coach scoring ability with you know all those guns in there. And I, I think you're probably right. I reckon they do cancel themselves out too much. When you had guys like you know Cripps has had the buy and Tom Mitchell's had the buy, I'd definitely be looking at uh, those players over any of those West Coast midfielders. So they're a good team, but maybe not so much a good super coach team just because there's so many of them in there finding the ball. But We'll finish the round up, Gracie, Monday night, August 17th, the day before your birthday, actually. It's uh, Richmond <laughs> taking on Gold Coast Suns. And unfortunately, the Suns have sort of hit that slump we were kind of hoping wouldn't happen. Uh, of course, we're recording this game as a match on tonight. They're playing Essendon. Fingers crossed they can get some form out of that. But it's going to be hard to see them beating Richmond, who are just sort of hitting some form at the right time of the year. Yeah, I, I, um, I tend to agree, Pitsy. Um, I think uh, Richmond, you know, they, they lost to Port Adelaide, but... I mean, it was it was a close game. You know, there's some stupid uh, decisions. I don't know if you saw the the Josh Caddy one uh, or the Ducks. He gave away the free kick in 50. Yeah. And Josh Caddy gave away, and that was just a ridiculous 50 meter penalty. So that that sort of just you know sort of split up there uh, or stopped their sort of momentum that they had in that game. And um, I think uh, I think Richmond will win this one. I think you're right with Gold Coast. They're, they're dropping off. I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Um, you know, the game. Um, that was played uh, while we're recording this, but uh, you know, oh, I think you know Matt Rowe was a big loss for him. But you know, there's a lot to like about uh, about the Gold Coast boys. You know, they had um, yep. Sharp play last week, who's now um, obviously he was injured, but they've brought in they've brought in uh, Flanders, who's another one that we were all looking yep. at at the start of the year. So um, yeah, it's uh, good signs for the Gold Coast after you know a long, uh, long probably you know really bad spell. So, but I think. Uh, Richard will finish off the round with a win in this one, and uh, I think um, you'll see that they'll have an impact come finals. Yeah, no, I think um, I think you're probably right, and like Richmond is coming good at the right time of the season, and there is a lot to like about the Suns, and they're a team I reckon could nip maybe one or two wins when they shouldn't for the rest of the season. Here, they're that kind of team, and they've got a you know fairly solid midfield still in there. Rao was a massive out, but there's a lot to like going on. With the Gold Coast Suns, we'll move on past that, Gracie. Tuesday, August the 18th, the big 31st birthday. Anything planned or are you just going <laughs> to sit at home and <laughs> enjoy yourself? Um, well, we were going to have a, uh, there's a basketball meeting, I think, isn't there? But uh, I think I might miss the basketball meeting and I uh, might just hang out with the dogs, watch some Netflix <laughs> or something. And uh, yeah, and I uh, might treat myself to some uh, fish and chips or pizza or something, but that's about it. Maybe get myself <laughs> a Fredo, Fredo cake from uh supermarket, but yeah. Yeah, that's good one. Maybe a big one. <laughs> <laughs> you can send some of those fish and chips across the road to my joint. But uh, it's been a good episode, of course. We are. What are we about halfway through the festival of football? So still a couple yep. more episodes uh, that'll sort of round off this, uh, yeah, this massive uh, <laughs> wave of football we're going through at the moment. But hopefully, if these COVID restrictions end sooner than rather later, we'll get a few podcasts in back in the flesh. 
before the season wraps up. But uh, thanks again for your time, Gracie. It's been a good episode. And I know you're only a few hundred metres away, but hopefully we'll be uh, catching up soon. Yeah, hopefully. It's been a, been a pleasure. Another Ripper episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully uh, be good to get uh, back in the flesh and obviously see our... Uh, our best bud uh, Ned as well. We uh, we surely we surely do miss him. So um, yeah, but uh, no, it's been uh, it's been okay. We're obviously, you know, we still want to get the content out to all the uh, the fans and stuff. So it's uh, just got to keep on rolling with what we got. Exactly. So keep up to date at greywolfentertainment.net for everything else. All the other podcasts we're working on, Grace. You got to make sure you listen to Grey Wolf Unsolved, and there's a plenty of wrestling interviews that yeah. are going up at the moment. But we'll be back soon. See you then. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.